your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solo. All right, welcome to uh, Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line, the day that we should just have off. We should have mid, we should have weekend and week middle. Wednesday should be a, a non work day, except when there's a Memorial Day or a Labor Day, then, then maybe we work that Wednesday. I don't know. 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Do it now. Like, give me a call right now. Um, coming up on the show, Sarah Godlewski is going to join us. She's the Wisconsin State Treasurer, so we can quiz her on what exactly that is. Again, she's been on a couple of times in the past. Uh, last time, well, one time she was actually just uh, visiting lacrosse, visiting an elementary school here, I believe, and uh, she came in studio, and, and the other time she called. But she's the Wisconsin State Treasurer, but she's also running for U.S. Senate. We could roll a we could roll a U.S. Senate candidate in here every day of the every day of the week, and then have some leftover because I believe there's the latest from Ballotpedia is there's eleven candidates, but I don't know how many of these people are actually still in the running. It could be eight. For some reason, I think there's eight, but the Ballotpedia is eleven. Uh, they don't often sometimes. It's not often that they are updated. I, I'm not not often, but sometimes they're just not updated to the to the minute. So, and I ask Adluski's people who uh, how if they knew how many people were running, and and they didn't either, which I thought was a little bit comical. But maybe that's the, you know you don't care about who you're running against; you just care about trying to get your message across that you are running and uh, this is what you're about. So maybe maybe you don't care, but I feel like in a primary, eventually you just kind of figure out who's who's in the lead and. And uh, Godlewski, Lazary, Mandela Barnes, uh, those those are the three leading candidates, I think. Maybe even Tom Nelson, um, who I had on last week. And um, I've had Adam Murphy on as well. I haven't had all these people on. I probably should just reach out to everybody. I've had Mandela. I've had the leaders on, let's say. <laughs> but I haven't had everybody on. Uh, but... But anyway, so that's who we have on today. It's 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 June first, so we're we're done with no mo may. Has anybody just heard the constant whir of lawnmowers out and about, whether if they're walking the dog or just outside or walking to to or from your car, get home from work? Can you just maybe maybe just roll down, uh, maybe just open your window and listen outside? Can you hear the whir of a lawnmower? Maybe the maybe it's like a little bit more of a groan, like because it's not, it's got to work extra. I thought it was funny that the the city put out a, a release on how to mow your lawn after no mow may. Uh, my dad would tell me to take multiple swipes, do half swipes. Anyone out there, if you're push mowing, put the push mower on the back two wheels. Do it that way a couple times. Just do some wheelie lawn mow swipes, which is I'm sure it's super fun. I'm sure you want to mow your lawn four or five times, but that's what you signed up for when you volunteered to let your lawn grow all May. Also, you didn't have to mow it all, all May. Uh, and then in a couple of days, the city will come and ticket you because you haven't mowed your lawn if you don't do that either. Uh, I should look up and see how much that costs. We never do that. We never. We always do the shoveling one. Um, what, what should I look up? Lawns are lacrosse city city lawn uh, rules. Let's do that. <laughs> but, uh, it, well, and the city doesn't, it would be funny. That's what I was thinking about the way in is, is, is thinking about well, like goofy stuff to talk about. But the, the city will come and shovel your sidewalk, right? And it's like so much money per linear foot. And, um, but the city does not come and mow your lawn 
which I think would be really funny. All of a sudden, you're just you're at home one day and you just hear like out your window, and you look out your window and there's a guy in a lawnmower because the lawnmower he would be literally just right out your window, like almost looking in. Right? It would be very uh, imposing. Be like, whoa, the privacy. Are you are you mowing my my lawn right now? Like, and oh, you're charging me fifty dollars per per linear foot or whatever it would be. It'd be kind of interesting. I can't find it. I can't find it. And this, somebody find it for me. I go on the city's webpage and find uh, how much the city charges uh, when you or fines. I said I should say uh, when your when your lawn isn't mowed. It, usually, it's pretty easy to find the shoveling one. I can find no problem. But the, the, the lawn mowing one, maybe it's a little bit different because they're not literally coming to mow your lawn. But, uh, yeah, I'd imagine we're just going to hear lawnmowers for the rest of the week. I know somebody commented on, on social media, maybe the Facebook page. Uh, it's, it's no mow may. Also, like, small engine shops are going to be swamped with uh, broken lawnmowers and needing, needing cleanings, and which is – I feel like that's good. We're promoting small business, right? We're promoting by – by allowing the lawns to grow to to seven feet high, uh, for no mow may. What's the record? Anyone has anyone seen a lawn? But but by allowing these lawns to grow and then you not cutting them properly with your lawnmower, not putting the blades all the way up, uh, you ruin your lawnmower and then you got to take it to a small engine shop. So so we're really just promoting small business. That's what we're doing. All right, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. We're gonna take a break. Sam's doing the news. So so check it out. Sam White, she's uh, she's written some stories, some great stories for us on wisdomnews.com. We made her do the news today. So um, we got a new person. We, we gave Brad the day off, and Sam's going to read the news today and, and possibly tomorrow. And uh, after that, we'll be back with Sarah Godlewski, the Wisconsin State Treasurer and U.S. Senate candidate. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM, 608 608- 785-7914 is the talking text line. On the phone with me now, Sarah Godlewski. She's running for U.S. Senate. She's also the Wisconsin State Treasurer. Um, if I remember right, she's an Eau Claire native. Are you literally like this, like literally Eau Claire or just everyone says Eau Claire and then it, like I'm an Appleton native, but really I'm from Greenville. And I am actually Eau Claire, Eau Claire. Okay. Um, all right, and then, like you're the you're the Wisconsin State Treasurer, so I like to do this. Uh, how is the Wisconsin State Treasurer situation doing? Uh, how are how is our treasury? Because <laughs> nobody knows what the Wisconsin State Treasurer actually does. I don't think. Yeah, no, it's a really good question and super appropriate, Rick. Because today um, we are uh, launched homeownership um, month, so. This is a month that is dedicated to helping Wisconsinites buy um, and stay in their homes, which is really important because how, what are ways in which people can build wealth? And uh, it's by owning a home. And yet Wisconsin is below the national average for home ownership. We're the third worst state when it comes to black Americans owning a home. Um, And so uh, we have been going out. We just are starting a tour going around talking about the work we've been doing with home ownership, whether it is, we started um, an entity called Take Root Wisconsin, which is helping people um, buy and fix their homes. And then we also worked in partnership uh, with the governor to do this Help for Homeownership program that is helping people uh, who fell behind as a result of the pandemic uh, with mortgage payments, utility payments, and even property taxes. All right. So, yeah, yeah. And how do people find this stuff? <laughs> yeah, so there's a, 
there's three ways. Um, one is for like the Help for Homeowners program, which is a program dedicated for those folks that fell behind as a result of the pandemic. They can literally go to Help for Homeowners. Um, that's the website.org. Um, yeah, I think I think for- I think a better question, Sarah, is what words do I need to Google to find them? So Help for Homeowners. There's a good Google <laughs> Google phrase. Help for homeowners. Wisconsin. Group Wisconsin. And then even if they just go to my website, you know, the Wisconsin State Treasurer, we have all this information there as well. Okay, something else I learned. Like that's that's gonna be a big issue. So you talk about how that 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 is affecting the state, but that you're running for U.S. Senate. You're trying to take Ron Johnson's seat. Uh you're one of uh, countless Democratic candidates. Uh, in the field, I even asked your people, Sarah, how many, pe- and they didn't know. They didn't know how many people were running. And I can never, Ballotpedia says 11, but I don't think it's at 11 anymore. Um, but also, we're, we're, watching, we're watching home prices go through the roof. As a, as a yeah. senator, if you were a senator, is there things that the U.S. Senate should or could be doing uh, that, that would, you know, I guess maybe cap the, the idea that houses are skyrocketing? I own a house, so part of me is like, hmm, this is good for me. But also then... If I sold my house, I would have to go buy a house, which would then wouldn't be so good for me. Um, yeah, is there anything the Senate would would be doing to to kind of alleviate the pressures of new homeowners or, or or people trying to afford homes that just are getting priced out? Yeah, no, it's a it's a really um, good question and something that you know we're actually working on right now in the state of Wisconsin that we have bipartisan support for is called uh, 401 Kids, and it is um, a program that would open up a high-interest savings account for every kid in the state of Wisconsin, and we would open that account, we would put a, some money in, and then we would invest it in the same way that you would invest a retirement account. So instead of just getting like 1% or 2% interest, you would get 7 to 9% interest. Yeah. And when you turn 18, 19, or let's say 25 or 30, you can use it. One of the ways you can use this account is to make a down payment on a home because we know a lot of people just don't have the money to put down a down payment, for example. Um, you know, like whether they have high student debt or, you know, wage, wages have been stagnant forever, Rick. Like, it's just really hard to do that. And so one of the tools that we have worked on and I would like to see the U.S. Senate do is create these accounts so um, we can provide opportunities for people to actually uh, buy homes when they want to. But a lot of times they just don't have the savings or means to do that. Yeah, I always see the, the, idea, the everyone seems to be getting priced out of the ability to buy a home, too. And we have, we, we're even seeing like companies come sweep up and, and buy tons of homes. Uh, you'll see a story every once in a while. How how are how are younger the younger generation? I don't know what what millennials or whatever generation we're at now that's you know, getting to home buyers, uh, home ownership age. But it's always like, how are they dealing with the skyrocketing home prices? They're buying homes together, like three or four different families or three or four different people. And I'm like, nope, that's not how we solve the problem. We don't have to, we don't make people buy in, like go three, three Z's on a home. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that you like hit the nail on the head, Rick, too, is that something that I have seen a lot and we've been working on um, in my real estate treasurer is how are we building more affordable housing units? And that's been a real challenge in our state, um, especially when we know that we have a lot. Um, our housing stock is older, so we need to be not only replacing it, but we need to be building more. 
And the challenge right now is um, developers are, like, doing what they can to build these homes. And then so are local governments to help out. But there's still a gap as far as, like, the financing is concerned. And I really think this is an opportunity for the federal government to step up and start, you know, taking on more responsibilities when it comes to building and planning uh, for affordable housing units. So, again, families can own these homes. Well, yeah, and it's not even just – And once we get to the, the part where the home, the affordable home is for sale, allowing somebody who is in a situation where that, that's an affordable home for me as opposed to somebody who's like, oh, I'll sweep up and, and grab this home and that home because, oh, look at how, how cheap they are. So I don't know how often that happens, but I read stories about that all the time where this one company has over 1,000 homes – uh, you know, and then they turn them all into rental units and, and just make money and make a killing that way. Right. And these, you know, to your point, these larger companies are these developers are then buying these homes. They're flipping them and then they're pricing the community out of them. Um, and we just can't allow that to happen. We need to make sure that we are providing affordable housing opportunities for critical members of our community. I mean, Rick, you have heard stories about we're, like, pricing out our frontline workers from living in our own communities, like firefighters and teachers. And um, we can't allow that to happen because these are, you know, when your community lives and works together, it grows better. And it's just a win-win for everybody. We're taking. We're talking with Sarah Gadlewski. She's a U.S. Senate candidate, the Wisconsin State Treasurer. She's running for Ron Johnson's seat. She's a Democrat. Um Sarah, when when it comes to a lot of this stuff, eh, this is an issue. And I'll just run through the list of, of things I, I would like to get to in, in our short time. Like gun control, obviously, it moves to the front of the list after that massacre. Roe versus Wade would have been the front of the list two weeks ago or a week ago even uh, when I had planned to have you on. Inflation, price gouging, uh, all these issues are things that the Senate could tackle but I always, all I ever hear that comes out of the Senate is, uh, no, we're not going to even vote on that filibuster. <laughs> like, it's just it kind of a, like, and people don't even really understand the filibuster. I'll tell you, I have political science junkies tell me all the time, try to explain to me, not even on the air, but off the air. Can you walk me through the filibuster? Um, but it just seems like, uh, oh, the Senate's not going to do anything because filibuster. And that seems to be everything, except maybe uh, we're going to confirm some U.S. Supreme Court candidates. And we're going to change the filibuster rules for other things that don't actually. Uh, what do we do? We change the rules to protect U.S. support U.S. Supreme Court judges uh, from protesters outside their house. Senate voted right away for that. But when it comes to helping, you know, most of Americans, the Senate does nothing. Yeah, and I'll be honest, this is one of the reasons why I have uh, come out right away um, to get rid of the filibuster. Uh, and let's, like, provide some context, right, Rick, about what that means, is that, look, like, when it requires 60 senators to move anything forward in the U.S. Senate, that's ridiculous. Like, we need to allow a simple majority to rule this country, just like in anywhere else. But there is this kind of archaic rule that needs 60 senators and i think that's why wisconsinites get frustrated they're like why can't you guys get anything done and when you've got this 60 vote rule requirement that's stopping things from let's talk about democracy i mean we right now would be able to pass the freedom to vote act which would get money out of politics because rick who doesn't want that i mean we've seen how money in politics has just crippled i think our system to uh, ending partisan gerrymandering to stopping the attack on voting rights. And this was all packaged up in this Freedom to Vote Act. 
But the reason why President Biden hasn't been able to sign it is it's because it's needed 60 instead of 50 plus one. And so to me, this is one of the reasons why we just have to allow the majority to rule. And when citizens elect their U.S. representatives to Washington, it's to get things done. And this is a big impediment to that. But when when let's just say in this, there's two phases to this question. When uh, when and if Democrats take, a, you know, I don't ever I don't see 60 going Democrats or Republicans in the Senate. But let's say the Republicans get the majority of the Senate next next after the election. Are you going to be OK with them doing the, having the same tagline? We're going to end the filibuster. And then for that, we're going to ban critical race theory and that's what the senate's going to vote on and we're going to get rid of the filibuster to to ban crt i mean i've thought a lot about this rick and look we have seen the majority in the senate rule and a most recent example is with the affordable care act i mean the republicans said that they wanted to get rid of the affordable care act they didn't want to provide health care to you know millions of americans and then through, you know, one of their special processes that only required 51 senators, um, they weren't able to get it done. In fact, three Republican senators voted with Democrats. It was Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and John McCain. And they said, no, we think that the Affordable Care Act needs to stay. And it's a critical uh, piece of legislation that's providing health care to a lot of Americans. And so um, we've seen it before. And I think that we just need to move forward and allow every, you know, we need to make sure that the majority can simply rule. Um, we're talking with Sarah Godlewski. She's running for U.S. Senate, trying to take Ron Johnson's seat. What I, when we come back, I got to take a break here. Uh, I want to talk about the, the, the leaked Roe versus Wade decision and obviously the thing that happened in the, the ma- I call it the thing, the massacre that happened in Texas and, and just, uh, you know, as a Senate, as a senator, what you would do about those things. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Sarah Godlewski, U.S. Senate candidate, on with me. You were, you were talking earlier, Sarah, and, and as, as I rant at you about how uh, things are over the break as I rant at you about things that I'm mad at at the government right now. And you're just like, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> might make for a more interesting show, but you were talking about the, uh, the, the state of Wisconsin doing stuff to try to help home homeowners or home ownership. Um, and you talked about like a savings plan. Uh, but, but I just have Sarge. She like, he's texting me over and over. He says, is there any Democrat that understands the basic economics um, aren't you the state treasurer? How's your economic uh, understanding? <laughs> I am the state treasurer. And before I, um, you know, ran, uh, co-founded an investment firm, and then before that helped work with uh, budgets at the Pentagon. Um, and so to me, what this has come down to is just really how can we use practices that um, the public or the private sector uses all the time, Rick, which goes down to compound interest. And not to dork out, but when we see, uh, you know, retirement accounts that are making 7 to 9% interest on the investments that they are putting forth, why can't we do that with savings accounts, which is exactly what we are doing. And what's so great about this, like, child savings account is not only the compound interest mechanism that we've built in, but it will be a self-sustaining fund because when you are investing in high-return assets, 
um, you can take a small percentage of that to actually manage the fund. And so this is where it becomes a win-win. It's not costing tax dollars at the end of the day, but yet it's allowing opportunity for kids eventually to be able to have money to go to school or buy a home or retire. There you go, Sarge. (laughs) Um, All right. So I just wanted to get that out there. All right. So um, like a lot of these things that we're talking about as you you're running for U.S. Senate, these are things that the Senate could be tackling right now. Gun gun control, uh, I think, is a is a trigger phrase because, oh, gun control, like you're going to control our guns. Um, but, but but there's there's some good gun legislation out there. The Roe v. Wade leaked document that says that the Supreme Court's going to overturn it. Um, I feel like a lot of these things are just going to they're going to fade like they always do, even after 19 elementary kids are murdered uh, by a by a gunman and maybe some police now, as I see the, the reports coming out that that some police might have shot and, and hit some of these children. Um, but but these things like they, they just fade away. Is there a way to keep these in the in the news stream? Because until it comes time to vote, because. Um, that's, you know, like what we need a massacre right before we vote to, to get the, the country fired up about this stuff. Or do you think some of this stuff's going to last? I mean, this is one of the reasons Rick, why I'm running is that we need common sense legislation and common sense to actually run the Senate. You know, I mean, you look at Ron Johnson what is this guy talking about? He's talking about Evermectin, hydroxychloroquine, you know, talking about how the January 6th insurrection was a peaceful protest and spending July 4th in Russia. He's not talking about issues that are impacting Wisconsinites, whether it's things like lowering the price of prescription drugs and providing more quality, affordable health care, to even, you know, the housing situation that we talked about earlier, to, you know, making sure that women can make their health care just. Uh, choices. So that's exactly why I got in this race is I was seeing Ron Johnson literally take a private plane. And now we found out that was taxpayer funded. Must be nice for him to have taxpayers fund his, you know, vacation flight to, you know, his house in Florida. Um, But uh, well, I'm sitting here as state treasurer being scrappy and actually delivering for the people of Wisconsin. Um, and so for me, what's been really important about this race is making sure that not only we are focused on whether it is these kind of kitchen table issues, like you've talked about, uh, that include things like, you know, affordable childcare, um, to, you know, the environment and getting PFAS, these forever chemicals out of the water, um, to also listening to Wisconsinites about what they want their representatives to do. Yeah, it seems like and if you want to grab the PFAS issue, the the people on French Island here in, in near La Crosse, they've been on bottled water for well over a year with no end in sight uh, and no help, like except for here's some bottled water, which I guess thanks. But like, how do we how do we fix the issue? Like, can't we just use the, the, the strong arm of the government to come in and start start work on on, on solving that? Uh, you know, like you can go, you can go to Flint, Michigan, right? And like, uh, like I think they're still having problems with the water in Flint, Michigan. Um, it just seems like why don't we, why don't we just tackle these things right away? Well, and I mean, let's like talk about Flint, Michigan, for example. I mean, depending, like Milwaukee kids in Milwaukee oftentimes have higher lead levels in their blood than kids in Flint, Michigan, and the federal government voted on this infrastructure package 
that was actually going to provide money to the states to get rid of these lead pipes, and Ron Johnson voted against it. I mean, we're, we're helping to keep our communities safe by ensuring that they have access to clean drinking water, and Ron Johnson said no. I mean, who is he fighting for? I think, you know, going to your point and something that we've, you know, seen over and over again is how these special interests are actually running um, the decisions by these politicians, and we've seen it over and over again by Ron Johnson and how he doesn't really represent Wisconsinites anymore. I feel like the special interests would even be like, you know what, we probably could fix the lead pipes in Milwaukee. Probably could. No? <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, I think that we, we... But even, like, to your point, Rick, like, we can make sure PFAS is a regulated substance and, um, like, but right now, we're just, there's no accountability to it. And these are, you know, Wisconsin's a freshwater state. And we have seen warnings now that it is so bad in some of our rivers and streams that you can't even fish or eat the fish um, because of the toxic levels, the PFAS that are in um, wildlife. Like, it, it's just, it's only going to get worse if we don't do something about it. And, like, Ron Johnson is in the pocket of these special interests that don't care. All right. We're, we're talking with U.S. Senate candidate Sarah Godlewski. I want to I want to bring up Roe v. Wade because I have a female on with me. I've had uh, Rebecca Cook, a U.S. House rep candidate, on with me as well. And um, when you hear this news that Roe v. Wade might get overturned, um, and I think the the messaging is getting is getting hijacked a little bit, Sarah, because the the messaging that often comes about like it's an abortion ban. We're banning abortion, and really, I, I I'm you know this is the pro choice pro life thing, and I think the pro choice thing is getting buried for the pro abortion thing. And it's not a pro abortion thing, and it's not an abortion ban. What we're doing is giving a choice. <laughs> like we're we're taking away a, a, a woman's ability to choose whether or not they need to. Uh, get an abortion. So it's not even like you can have a stance on abortion and, you know, when and when and if that should happen, but you shouldn't, there shouldn't be a stance on the woman's right to that. Well, you hit Rick the nail on the head. What this issue is about at the end of the day is reproductive liberty. And I can tell you, I do not want politicians like Ron Johnson and Mitch McConnell telling me what I can and cannot do with my body. This is what it's about. It is about, you know, your ability to make your health care decisions. Um, and that's exactly what Ron Johnson has said he wants to overturn. He doesn't want women making those health care decisions. And what he has even said is that if you don't like it, um, you should go move. Well, we already have a brain drain problem in Wisconsin. We are seeing young people leave our state. We need to do everything to make sure that people feel welcomed here. Um, and so uh, this is what it comes down to. And as you know, a woman in this race, Rick, I, it, it's scary to think that we could be going back to a law that was put on the books in 1849. I mean, this is pre-Civil War. And there is no exception for rape or for incest. And we will, we, will, we will criminalize doctors. They can get up to six years in prison and $10,000 in fines. And if we're scaring away doctors from working in Wisconsin, that's going to be a problem. I mean, we already are having an issue with um, keeping doctors in rural Wisconsin. And this is further going to scare them away. 
Um, so it is exactly about reproductive liberty, reproductive freedom, and making sure this does not snowball into something else where politicians can make health care decisions or who knows what other decisions um, for Wisconsinites. Yeah, and you're, you're talking about the, the Wisconsin law that's on the books if Roe v. Wade gets overturned and we would go back to 1849. And, and, you, you're, and that law isn't even, that law over, overlooks even the extremes. You talk about rape and incest. And I, I'm like, that, that's like the total, like the most extreme version of the law. Like that doesn't even do enough because there's so many people that are put in situations where they, they might get pregnant. Like, I can't rent a car until I'm, what, 24 or 25, but we're good with 16-year-olds getting pregnant? Like, like we got to draw the line somewhere, and rape and incest can't be the line. Right, and I think this goes back to why are we allowing the extreme to uh, carry this issue? I mean, when you talk to Wisconsinites, depending on what poll you look at, Rick, it's anywhere between 60 to 70% of Wisconsinites don't want Roe overturned. They want to make sure that they have an ability to make a decision. And um, yet it's like these extremes that are somehow able to, uh, you know, I I think somehow make these decisions, what we've seen on the Supreme Court. So um, I think that's something that's important because you and I, Rick, know that when you've got almost 70 percent of Wisconsinites who are saying we don't want anything to happen with Roe being overturned, I mean, that's a unifying issue. Yeah, and then we have protests outside judges' houses, uh, you know, when the news drops that they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade, and you're running for U.S. Senate, and we see a U.S. Senate not do anything uh, because of the filibuster for almost all legislation, except then, oh, protesters outside Supreme Court judges' houses, we better pass some legislation to uh, provide security and ban the protests outside their houses. And then you see the Senate jump right onto action. Yeah, well... (laughs) I think, honestly, this goes back to another reason, Rick, why I want to run, is that I even get, like, you know, there is so much that the Republicans are doing, but I get even frustrated with my own party um, when we've had opportunities with between having the White House, the Senate, and the House, and we haven't gotten things done, like codifying Roe v. Wade and making sure that um, it, there's actual legislation to things like lowering the price of prescription drugs um, to common sense laws. I mean, Rick, one thing that, you know, we kind of talked about briefly is, I mean, 80 percent of Wisconsinites want background checks. Um, you know, I grew up, I, my family all hunt and they want to make sure that law abiding citizens are the ones that um, our ability to have, you know, access to guns. And instead of, you know, some sort of whether it is a dangerous individual or a domestic terrorist or a criminal, I can just buy a gun online. I mean, these are just common sense things that there's no reason that the Senate's not moving forward with this stuff. All right. I want to get your, your take on one more thing as you're you're the state treasurer. And I feel like you're this might be up your alley. And, and the House passed legislation to kind of stop oil companies from price gouging. And it went to the Senate and it doesn't do anything. So another one of them deals where like, oh, we're in the Senate, we're not going to vote on that. Price, price gouging oil companies. But can you explain... You know, and this is happening, I believe this is happening, you know, not just with gas prices, but all prices. Like, we're we're seeing record profits for corporations and also record 
prices for for my Oreo cookies, for example, like everything's going up in price. Is it is there more? There, there's obviously more to it than record pri- profits and record prices. But can you can you explain a little bit of how like there was legislation and the Senate isn't passing it because filibuster? Yeah. So you are exactly right. There was this prevent oil and gas um, companies from price gouging legislation that passed the House and it went to the Senate where, you know, the Republicans killed it. Um, And something that I have been very vocal on, in fact, I created a plan about it, Rick, that you could go read about at sarahforwisconsin.com, but it's uh, how we're going to cut costs and make life more affordable. And one of that is holding corporations accountable when they are profiteering, where they are, um, you know, abusive and raising rates, because we have seen CEOs that are, in the time of COVID, when people are struggling, are making record profits and higher salaries and that, that are just off the charts. And, and they're using it as an excuse to raise prices when we know that that's not necessary and how we need to hold companies accountable when they are doing this. Um, and so that's actually, um, I think we need legislation um, in holding corporations accountable when it comes to price gouging. It's just inexcusable. Yeah, and we and we see that there is legislation; it just doesn't get passed. And also, like, oh, but maybe it's on the consumers. You know, maybe it's the consumers' responsibility too. But like, I can't go pick the gas station that I want to buy gas from. They're all the same. And if I want to like buy my meat, you know, only most like four companies control like you know uh, uh, like ninety percent of the, the the meat market essentially. So there's there's all you know there's there's all these avenues that prevent me from you know even trying to do to do the right thing as a consumer. Right. Well, and I mean, look, like something that I've even talked about is what are tools that we can use in our kind of legislative toolbox today to help people? And I mean, I was driving recently and we paid almost $5 a gallon for gas, which is, I mean, that that hurts. It hurts your pocketbook a lot. Um, and talked about how, you know, Congress, one of the things that they could do is take um, a gas tax holiday uh, and make sure that, you know, you're at least saving um, a little bit per gallon, which adds up um, when you're commuting to work or dropping your kids off for childcare or school. I mean, we saw, um, we saw this with Governor Evers and baby formula just lately, right? Like a similar thing to that, only with gas prices? Yeah. Like we can make sure that um, like we, we have some tools in our toolbox that we can use to address this. Yeah, and it just uh, doesn't seem to happen. All right, that's U.S. Senate candidate Sarah Godlewski. She's also the Wisconsin State Treasurer. Sarah, thanks a lot for joining me. Thanks for having me, Rick. All right, we got to take one more quick break. We'll be back. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks a lot to Sarah Godlewski for joining me for the hour. U.S. Senate candidates trying to take Ron Johnson's seat. So I was going after Ron Johnson Never going after the other Democrats, and there's a lot of them in the field. We'll see if that continues to be that way or if we start to see like the mudslinging increase between those candidates like Mitch.